Good morning, everybody. Uh, for those that don't know me, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Campbell Christie. Campbell's the first name, Christie's the surname. And I'm the director that leads the Skills, Employment and Education Group. And it's our privilege as the LEP here to bring together this first Skills Summit. All the credit, of course, goes... Yes, hello to and welcome to this special Thames Valley Berkshire Local Enterprise Partnership podcast. Part one of a series of two, it was recorded at the inaugural Thames Valley Berkshire Skills Summit. For those of you who couldn't make it, this podcast will allow you to catch up on the main themes and talking points of the day. And for the almost 200 who did get along to Green Park... Think of this podcast as one of those episode recaps you get at the start of a TV drama. In other words, well worth a listen if you want to really get to grips with what's going on. Again, I think it's great that we're having this, uh, this first summit. I'm going to stay for a, a very large part of it because I do really want to hear what others are saying rather than just sort of speaking at you. The first speaker of the day was Reading West MP and Minister for Employment, Alok Sharma. He was true to his word and was there from first to last, answering questions and gauging opinion. He was followed by TVB LEP's very own Caroline Perkins. It was her job to reveal the findings of the skills priority statement. Her job, because she was the one who did the hard work putting it together. Her official title is that of economic analyst, but she's got a bit of a different way of describing what she does. I caught up with Caroline just after her presentation. And what we're increasingly finding is that conversations we have with partners on a wide range of subjects end up becoming conversations about skills whether that's the skills required of construction Caroline, workers, you've been speaking at the um, Skills Summit and you've been talking about something called the Skills Priority Statement. Before we go into that in a bit more detail, how would you describe your job? What do you do? Um, I'm a bit of a data geek. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a labour market researcher, um, but I really like getting into the nitty-gritty of the data um, looking at labour market trends, looking at what skills employers um, are, are requiring who, and what, what subjects young people are, are studying and really where are the mismatches in the skills system between skills people have and skills employers need and, and, and what can we do about it. I think uh, you are Caroline Perkins' data cruncher. That sums it up. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so uh, tell me then about the skills priority statement that you've been talking about today. Give me a, a few highlights. So the skills priority statement is, is a really comprehensive evidence base of everything about jobs and skills in Berkshire today. So it includes information about jobs um, that employers are really struggling to recruit across Berkshire and that might vary from specific roles within digital technologies such as cybersecurity, um, analysts, um, data analytics, um, really sort of technical jobs, um, but also sort of more routine jobs. There's, there's lots of vacancies in the hospitality industry, for example, health and social care. Um, logistics and it really brings all that information together in one place so to help learning providers and to help young people know where the opportunities are in the labour market. So there are things in there that stood out to me for example the disconnect between employers, education providers and young people can you tell me a bit more about that what you found? Yeah I guess this is an age an age-old issue whereas um, employers say oh young people haven't got the skills that we need they, they can't communicate they just want to text they just they just um, they need to improve their communication skills, whereas young people haven't necessarily been given work experience and the opportunity to learn how to be in an in a employment environment. And so therefore, there's just the, uh, a tension between the two. Does the data throw up any potential solutions for that kind of thing? Or are you really just kind of finding what the problems, what the issues are? 
Um, the data is mainly finding out what the issues are, um, but there are examples of, I guess the next stage is looking at good practice and what what other areas and organisations have done to try and um, to try and provide some solutions to some of these issues. Um, and yeah, we're really keen to, to work with local partners to see how we can overcome some of the issues we've identified. Yeah, I, that kind of preempts my next question. What do you hope people, employers, people who are here today, people who are listening to this, what do you hope they will get from the statement? I think different groups will get different things. So if you're an employer, there might be some statistics within the report that you, if, you're, if you work in HR, for example, that you can use um, internally to help promote learning and development within your organisation um, to your senior management team. Um, and in terms of offering work experience, the, the report really demonstrates the value of that. If you work with young people and career, and f from a careers perspective, there's a lot in there that, in terms of know, even just saying these are the main employers in Berkshire, these are the main employers in these different sectors, so that you can really talk to young people about what's on their doorstep and, and where they may have more success in terms of careers. Now a little peek behind the curtains of the process here. Just before we started this interview, I, I asked you, I said, was there anything in the stats, in the data that surprised you particularly? And uh, you kind of said that when you're looking at these things all the time, you, I, I, to summarise, you kind of see the same patterns emerging. What are the same patterns that you do see all the time? Yeah. Um, I guess there's some skill shortages that are systemic that, that come up year on year. So for example, um, employers, in the hospitality industry often talk about shortage of, of chefs, um, digital technologies, engineers, engineers is a key um, skill shortage area so and these are national issues and not just Berkshire specific so some of these um, issues require national um, policy and, and national um, action um, to try and do things differently because if we keep doing the same things these, these um, issues are still going to remain. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, is it fair to say that the picture painted, it wasn't like necessarily feel good necessarily, mm -hmm. it wasn't all happy, happy, joyful stuff, but is there a silver lining out there that you found? Um, I guess there is a lot of good stuff going on in Berkshire um, and I, from a young person's perspective, there are a lot of opportunities. We've got high employment, um, lots that employers are, are, are crying out for people so I think for young people in Berkshire it's a really good place to be um, compared to other places um, within the UK. I think Brexit potentially could um, be a more of an issue for employers in Berkshire than elsewhere in the country um, partly because um, Berkshire employers tend to employ a higher proportion of overseas workers and EU workers um, but also we have a higher proportion of international firms here within Berkshire um, who are looking at, at what Brexit means for them. Um, so it's, it's a potential risk that, that we're keeping an eye on and, and from a skills perspective, trying to ensure we have homegrown talent to, to fill those gaps. Caroline Perkins there, TVB LEP's economic analyst, setting the scene, if you like, for one of the main issues at the Skills Summit, the skills gap. Now, changes in society are driving up demand for science, technology, engineering, arts and math skills. And those of you paying close attention will realise that they handily create the acronym of STEAM. S standing for science, T for tech. Well, you get the general idea. Anyway, the Skills Summit was also the place where TVB LEP launched their STEAM strategy. 
It was led by Catherine Haller OBE, Chief Executive of Advisor. The next one then is the Let's um, Steam strategy, which is launched today. Lots of new things being launched today. Um, but I hope that you will be able to take away with you a copy of the Steam strategy, which will show you some of the key priorities for Thames Valley Berkshire. Now, As it's pretty impossible to distill such research and planning into one sentence, but it's safe to say that much of it comes down to growing the number of people with STEAM skills in Thames Valley and Berkshire. Catherine was joined on stage by, amongst others, Sarah Atkinson from CA Technologies. They're a worldwide software company with their UK home in Datchet. Sarah was here to talk about a CA Technologies project called Create Tomorrow. Just so you know, it currently focuses on STEM rather than STEAM. It's an employee-led initiative and it's trying to address the science, technology, engineering and math skills gap across Europe. So good morning everyone. Um, my name is Sarah Atkinson and I'm from CA Technologies. Um, I'm so there is a chronic STEM skills gap. Today every business is a digital business and particularly locally um, there is a war for talent. So we're always trying to recruit um, the best talent and it's very, very difficult. And so we believe that you have to look at this issue from the classroom to the boardroom. So as a business, we've started with our Create Tomorrow programme, looking at what more we can do to try and encourage young people, particularly girls, to consider careers in STEM. But also we're taking that right through our own business to try and attract uh, top female talent, minority talent, and also right through to the boardroom as well, as I said. How do you enthuse people of that age? How do you enthuse girls of that age to get interested in this kind of thing? Well, I think the first thing is you have to help make the connection between the subjects that they are studying and how that transfers into future jobs. That's where role models really come in. And I think it's incredibly important for young people to see people like them actually working happily um, in these new roles. And the other comment I would make is that actually the jobs of tomorrow, some of which don't exist today, so a lot of it is about being digitally literate and prepared for the new types of roles that will come. And what are the kind of things that people of that age, uh, girls of that age, really respond to when you talk to them? Mm, that's a great question. So I think first of all, um, we see in sort of single digits, so sort of six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a real interest in science actually and tech. And then something happens around that sort of moving into secondary school, particularly with girls, it suddenly isn't cool anymore. So I think that there's a lot of um, social pressure and I think that there's a role that everyone has to play, parents, teachers, broader society, to be much more inclusive towards girls. And again, it does go back to role models. If you think back to your your own childhood and you think about who inspired you, um, that often has a huge bearing in terms of where you go in the future with your studies, your hobbies, your interests. So I think we need a lot more young female role models happily working in science, in tech, etc. so that the girls can understand um, what it would be like for them. And the other dynamic is, you know, a lot of um, young people today are really interested in roles and careers where they can make a difference to society. And I think giving meaning and helping them understand what an exciting and impactful career they could have in STEM um, is a great motivator for them as well. So when you go out, when you're speaking to people, when you're being a role model, if you like, for 16, 17 year old 
let, let's stay with females, what, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses skills-wise? Mm. So I think everyone needs to have a basic level of digital awareness and digital skills, that's, that's true. We don't necessarily need everyone to be a coder, but obviously coding at the moment is currently the infrastructure in which you can build and create new products, solutions, etc. I think particularly for girls, what we see is a, a generally a lack of confidence. And that's something which, again, we need to do in terms of encouraging and inspiring them. I think that, you say that, that would fascinate an awful lot of people of an older generation because as far as we, I, I speak as an older generation, are concerned, we think these youngsters are incredibly confident. Well, I think that they are in their own social circles and I think that they're largely confident with technology from the perspective of using it on their iPhones. They're all, you know, mobile first generation. But when it actually comes to um, career choices and putting themselves forward, we see a lot of the girls do lack a bit of confidence and they need, you know, a bit more help and encouragement to really push them forward to, you know, think about what they want to do and what difference they can make to um, society. And finally, we've got to wrap up now because they're just about to start a, another aspect of, the, of uh, today's uh, uh, meetings. But um, if you cast your mind back to maybe when you were 16 or 17 years of age, did you have a female role model? If so, did they give you any particular piece of advice or have you had any piece of advice that you've kind of clung to to now? I think the first part of your question was my female role model was a lady called K.A.D. who was one of the first international correspondents for the BBC and I had wanted to be a journalist and she actually inspired me to go forward and become a journalist. But in terms of advice, one piece of advice I would um, give any young person is feel the fear and do it anyway. It sounds like a cliche but if it's uncomfortable there's often a reason for that because it's going to help build your character and your strength and your resilience. We are whispering now because a meeting has commenced but thank you very much indeed. <laughs> thank you. Many thanks. Sarah Atkinson there, Vice President of Communication for CA Technologies. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this feed on your preferred podcast platform. And remember to look out for and download part two. In fact, it may already be there. You can also rate and review the podcast. All feedback is gratefully received. If you do want to know more about the skills priority statement, STEAM strategy, apprenticeships or any other subject that came up over the last few minutes, don't hesitate to get in touch with us via our website, thamesvalleybarkshire.co.uk. You can also follow us via Twitter and LinkedIn. Hopefully we'll see you at the 2019 Skills Summit, if not before. For now, goodbye.